All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on a Friday morning. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. This is the Rebels 247 podcast on the 247 Sports Network. Inside the Rebels, ready for the weekend to get here. Like I said, hope you're having a good morning wherever you are. All right, a lot to get to today, okay? NFL draft going on last night. Matt Corral not not drafted. We have to get into that. Matt Corral not taken last night. We'll see what happens tonight, and surely he'll go somewhere tonight. Where does he go? Then you start getting into that. The question's not, is he a first-rounder? The question is, all right, where does he go? Where would be the best place for him? We might talk about that a little bit. Baseball is on the road. Headed to number four, Arkansas, for a big weekend series. That is a big weekend series. We'll jump into that here in just a minute. Jared Redding already has a story up on the front page of the the Inside the Rebels website that you guys can dive into to get some numbers about the weekend and and the baseball that's coming up. Ole Miss 23 and 17, 6 and 12 in the SEC. Arkansas opposite, 12 and 6 in the SEC. 32 and 9 overall, ranked number four in the country. We'll, We'll knock some of that out here in just a minute. But the big things, the NFL draft last night, and then um, I want to do this too. Just a little bit of news here on a Friday. I had a big day yesterday. Had a first in terms of working with 247. I put my first crystal ball in, I think. I still can't really figure the sucker out. So there is a chance that I have crystal balled people to places and I just don't know it or I can't remember it. I'm still learning this stuff. I don't know what else to say. I'm still learning. But I did that yesterday. I put one in for Dante Dowdell to go to to Ole Miss. Let me tell you what that's based in. I am not telling you, and look, and I'm still learning that system in terms of how you guys take it, you know, what number I should put by it to, to best signify what I'm thinking, you know, for a lack of a better way of saying that. Had a chance to talk to somebody yesterday about Dante. And, you know, he's already put up a, a time frame here for making a decision. This is what I gather right now, not just from talking to uh, to some sources yesterday, but also just, you know, what I've gathered from him and, and people around him. If it was today, I, I think, uh, and I shouldn't say it like that, he wouldn't sign anywhere today because the process is not over. I mean, he wouldn't commit anywhere today. There's still work to be done there. There's still information he has to gather, you know, and all those kind of things. I do think today Ole Miss is at the top of his list. I think that there is a desire to stay in state, meaning just, hey, it would be it would be nice to stay in Mississippi and play here. Now, some players, that doesn't matter at all. And, you know, they're just looking for best situation. And, look, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I had this same conversation with a, a buddy of mine that's big into recruiting. You know, this it's a two-way street in in the in a sense of, you know, Ole Miss doesn't take as many Mississippi kids anymore. With the new rules and the the NIL and the transfer portal, you know, they're taking less. Um, they're not obligated to take Mississippi kids. At the same time, kids in Mississippi, they're not obligated to go there. You know, that works both ways. It's 
It's strictly professional. There's nothing personal about it. But uh, I do have a, I am one of those staying in state matters. Like I wanted to live in Mississippi. I'm born and raised here. I'm from Lawrence County. Love being here. Would never leave it. So yeah, that's important to me. And to others it is, and to others it is not, and that's fine. But I think Dante's one of those and his family that it would be nice if, if that works out that way. But he's not necessarily in a, in a situation where that has to happen either. But I think it would be nice if he stays here. Uh, there's a couple of schools that I think is, is at the top of that list. I think Ole Miss right now has the lead on him. And enough so, just from what I've heard from him, you're talking to him in January and just you know, sharing messages through the spring. I think Ole Miss is in a very good place for him, looking for some place that fits, um, the best situation, you know, those kind of things. And then, look, the other note I put up this morning about NIL, you saw the change in legislation recently in Mississippi. The two big things is now that schools are allowed to communicate with third parties on the NIL, and I had a chance to talk to somebody yesterday about this that's informed. They have an opportunity to communicate with those third parties. They're still not giving money to it. And look, all of these rules, I think, are slowly changing because for whatever reason, the NCAA and schools and people in general, it's like they're they're dragging their feet. What is obviously happening, for some reason, they don't want to just dive in. It's like they're dipping their toe into it, slowly getting into the water. This is headed a direction where it's it's – of course it's being used for recruiting purposes. I mean, it's an insult to your intelligence to suggest otherwise. And there is enough legislation to where you can abide by the rules of the law and, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's and stay within the rules and be competitive with other schools. There's ways to do that. And I think from what I hear, they're just very cautious to make sure they're doing all those things at the same time, you know, trying to be competitive. You still can't throw out dollar amounts and that kind of stuff before a player has verbally committed. But now once they verbally commit, they can then enter into an NIL agreement. Now, some of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I heard a coach yesterday talking about kids that hit the transfer portal. Well, it's kind of funny. It's like the next day after they hit the portal, they already know where they're going. I mean, of course, there's third parties here, back channels and communications on all of these things. And it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's playing out exactly like you and I think it is. So I'm not going to insult your intelligence by suggesting it's not. But it is very important for these NIL groups to make sure that what they're doing is you know, above reproach because there's enough wiggle room there and there's enough to work with. They don't have to do anything stupid. Um, so like somebody like, like Dante Dowdell or Aiden Williams, you know that process is starting for them. Now, here's the other thing I thought of, too. Once these players verbally commit somewhere, and let's say when they do, they sign an NIL, you know, maybe we see less flip-flopping with players back and forth because they've entered an agreement. Not a, a letter of intent, but there's something there. So maybe we see less of that. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Now, also, I had this conversation yesterday. Same, same guy. Some of these schools, yeah, the money's going to be huge. I think Ole Miss is in a good place to be competitive with the money, at least what I'm hearing right now. But some of these places, yes, they're going to throw out enormous amounts of money. In the NFL, and I mentioned this on the board this morning, in the NFL, those contracts go out to proven free agents. 
You know, even the draft is built to where the money is less because those players don't always pan out. We're talking about huge contracts going out to high school players who are far less proven than even those NFL draft prospects. So you're going to see huge amounts of money go to players that just aren't very good. Okay. How, how does that affect programs? You know, um, you want to call it dead money like the NFL or money that's being paid to a player that's no longer there. You know, how much of investing in a, in several players, tons of money that they're not contributing. Okay. What does that do to your team? What, what's the locker room like now with players that are being paid big money, but they're not playing. All those things are, are going to be happening. Evaluating talent is going to be paramount. You still have to be able to evaluate talent and know what you're getting. And I think there's an argument to be made that teams that are responsible with this, that don't just go crazy with money, there's an argument to be paid that that's, in some ways, it's going to be beneficial to them. You don't have to go out and get the kid that is just demanding every dollar he can get and maybe is more public about all of this. Maybe go get the, the kid that's a little bit more low-key about it that it's not the driving force for him, but is maybe he's not a five-star, he's a four-star. I'm just saying there's a way to do that, that I think those teams, there's some benefit to it. But uh, that's just some stuff I heard on NIL yesterday. And we'll see what happens with Dante Dowdell, whatever that kid does. You know, I'm, I wish him well. He's, he's an awesome guy, a really good family, really good kid. And I heard that, you know, the more people met him and around him, and he's, he's very impressive. And has a kind of work ethic and a drive to him. He's going to get better. But we'll see what happens with him. That's the only real recruiting news I had this morning. Uh, the Matt Corral thing last night with the NFL draft. I watched the NFL Network. I've got, I can't watch ESPN's coverage. There's a couple of guys and they're just, ah, I can't stand. And honestly, for me, I don't know why this is. Like Mike Greenberg is not my guy. Man, I hate to say that. I did radio, didn't even do radio well. And I bring that up a lot, but in this case, I want to bring it up for a purpose. I didn't even do it well. I don't care. You know, there's some guys out there that just their voice, you know, is not your voice. You know, it's just, it's not pleasing to your ear. He's not my guy. And there's a couple of fellas on that broadcast on ESPN. They're just, they're not mine. Rich Eisen is really easy. You know, I, I like a lot of the guys on the NFL network. So I'm watching the broadcast there. There's one guy on ESPN that I do like, Lewis Riddick. Like, Lewis Riddick would be my guy. He is about the only reason I have. And I do like Kuiper to watch ESPN. But the lead guy, Rich Eisen, doing it for the NFL Network, there's just nobody better than him. So I'm watching it over there. You're watching all these guys go. The quarterbacks dropped. The Saints didn't, thank the Lord, didn't take a quarterback other than Corral, I thought I was going to maybe see a Malik Willis or, you know, Pickett goes to Pittsburgh. Didn't happen, which that that's saving grace for me. I can remain a Saints fan. I can't believe N'Kobe Dean didn't go in the first round. You know, Horn Lake product and uh, obviously ends up not going to Ole Miss, goes to Georgia. But look, every that kid is he he's a pretty awesome dude. And I know I don't I don't want to get into that with people on the board or anything like that. I'm pulling for all these guys, whether whether they go to Ole Miss or not, the ones that come through here and, and I get a chance to know them a little bit. Uh, I like that kid. Smart engineering guy, and, and he'll be successful. Can't believe he didn't go. But Matt Corral will end up going today. 
I don't know where. Now, I still have my fingers crossed that somehow New Orleans comes to their senses and decides that we need a quarterback. I don't understand why Corral dropped. Remember, it was only a few months ago, you know, he was like bouncing around top tens. I could give a, a guess here, but this is just pure speculation. Is it his size? I don't know. You know, whenever you have these meetings at the draft and you're meeting coaches, maybe they weren't as impressed. I don't know. You know, what's his demeanor? Is he a little more silly than some of these guys? Is he not as serious? I don't know. Just saying little things like that can matter sometimes. But I do think whoever gets him, they're going to be they're going to be fortunate to get him where, where they get him. If he stays healthy, he's an NFL quarterback. And fingers crossed that the Saints come to their senses and take him. We'll see what happens with Sam Williams. It doesn't sound like tonight, but you never know, maybe. Uh, but regardless, I've enjoyed watching the draft, and I'll try to catch it tonight just so you guys know. I'll be out and about. Um, high school baseball playoffs are underway, so I'll be out watching Connor tonight and tomorrow night. I'll be driving down to the coast. He'll start the game tomorrow night at St. Martin, and uh, so obviously I'll be on the road a lot, but I'll be on my phone, and I'll be active on the board and doing different things. Now, the baseball weekend, Ole Miss sitting here at 6-12. Look, we're, we're deep into the season at this point, right? Deep, deep into the season. They are in a place they have to win all these series. It doesn't matter who they're playing. To go to Arkansas and then come home at 7-14, and 14, okay, it goes without saying you're in a very difficult place. I've said the same thing yesterday. All they have to do is get in the postseason. If they somehow figure out a way to get into the postseason, you never know what happens. So just make it there. Somehow scratch out enough wins. And winning two at Arkansas would go a long way to help make that happen. Just find a way to get to the postseason. Scratch out a few wins and, and see if you can get there. Now, the only other things that are left here, I'm looking at the front of the site. We got baseball. A.J. Brown goes for 100 mil. Congratulations to that dude and all these guys, or most of them. I was fortunate to see them in high school, you know, talk to them some. Had a chance to see him play several times at Starkville High School in addition to his time at Ole Miss. And I'm very happy for him. Man, $100 million. I hate that he went to Philadelphia, though, but it is what it is. I liked him at Tennessee, but he's now a Philadelphia Eagle and I'm not an Eagles fan, but I think Gardner Minshew's still there. I bumped into uh, to his dad, Flint, I don't know, maybe last weekend. Flint, awesome person, and has always been really good to me. Um, and I'll get into that another day, though. That, that was a good conversation. Gardner's, you know, when you ask, hey, what's Gardner up to? It's never something simple, like something crazy. He's just, that. that is a, I don't know if I've ever known or met someone that enjoys life as much as that guy. Like, it's not an act. Like, that's that's life for him 24-7. But anyway, that's your podcast for the morning. Like I said, to start this thing, I, I hope you have a great day. There's no reason not to. The weather's perfect. You know, there's a lot of baseball going on. Spring just wrapped up. We'll get a little bit of break this summer. But, but hope you guys are doing well. Always appreciate you listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless. And uh, I'll talk to you Monday morning.